0: One, two, three, do it. Oh. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket, he'll fire to the right
1: side, caught by Diggs, Stay oh, my god, oh my god, oh my god, hey. thirty. already, no. touchdown! Oh. Are you kidding Play me? A finish. It's finish! A- All right, all right, all right. We're coming back in for another edition of the Sculptures podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brown. Markle with me, as always, my compatriot, my my misery that loves company, Mike Anderson. How are we doing tonight, Mike?
0: Well, you know, I'm excited for uh, what is a very action packed week of Minnesota sports. Uh, we've got the Minnesota Wild mm-hmm. starting up. We've got.
1: A when, when does the regular season start for the Wild? Thursday night. Holy crap, Thursday or Thur- Thursday night
0: me? against Nashville, seven o'clock. October, uh, one of the best sports months. And then Friday, Saturday we've got some Twins playoff baseball. The Wild play again on Saturday, the Gopher football team, which is undefeated play Saturday. You've got the Vikings at New York Giants, uh Sunday, and then you've got the the Twins again on Monday. So
1: So regarding the twins, twins set what a record three hundred and seven home runs. Three hundred and seven, yeah. How long do you expect that to stay as a record?
0: Um, I, I think it would, I mean, assuming, it depends what baseball does, right? Um, if baseball is going to back off a little bit on what they did to the baseballs this year, then it could stand for a while. Otherwise, I would say if everything remains the same, there's probably a good chance it's broken next year.
1: That's kind of kind of a, the thoughts I've gotten when I've thrown that out to either coworkers or on the Twitter machine. Um, so yeah, kind of, kind of interesting to, to kind of see where that goes, because... You know, it makes for some very fun baseball. I tell you what. I mean, this is my first season really paying attention to baseball, and I think it's been about the perfect one to pay attention to. Twins, are they gonna go all the way?
0: Uh, you know, I don't know. The one thing about playoff baseball is is you really never know what's gonna happen. Uh, you look at, I think last year you had a Cleveland Indians team that, uh, you know, was kind of a a favorite amongst most national writers, and they end up getting swept by the Astros, and and so. Uh, baseball, a lot of different, a lot of different things can swing a game one way or the other and uh, it doesn't, 162 game season kind of goes to the wayside and, uh, it's all about being clutch and, and there's just a lot of different elements. So I've got high hopes that they can at least slay the dragon, if you will, and, uh, beat those Yankees and, and move on to the, uh, ALCS, but we'll see. It's going to be fun.
1: It's always a fun ride when you got playoffs on the line, right? That's right. Now, obviously you're listening to the Scolders Podcast, we're a Vikings podcast, but we like to start off the show a little differently, take a little view around the week, kinda of see where the NFC North is shaping up. So uh, let's get into that before we get into breaking down the Vikings Bears um football game. So around the league, Mike. Yeah. First point you got here, Teddy and Company beat the Cowboys in prime time. They did. Barn burner there just so many points are scored uh, 12 to 10 I believe Mike 12 to 10 same same amount of points scored in that game as was scored in the Vikings game
0: yeah 12, 12 10 uh, will Lutz I believe with four field goals Teddy moves to 2 and0 as a starter uh, with wins uh, against the uh, undefeated Dallas team previously and then uh, giving the Seahawks I believe their' only loss at Seattle I think Seattle is now three and one so uh, nice to see, I know if you've listened to the show, you know that, uh, the hosts here are, are giant Teddy Bridgewater fans, and, you know, just love to see him succeed, and as much as I, you know, don't like the Saints and, and Peyton and everything else there, I think the love for Teddy <clears> kind of supersedes <throat> that, so.
1: It's, it's, it's a story, it's very easy to root for the story, I mean, say what you want about the team, but Teddy Bridgewater as a story, yeah, <clears throat> just phenomenal to root for the guy. Happy for the guy. Just hope he loses whenever we play him. So.
0: Well, and I mean, it's huge for them, right? They're uh, I think they're now three and one. Probably should be two and two. I think they won on that fifty-eight yarder when Drew Brees was still the quarterback. Uh, but they're three and one, and you got to imagine that they were just looking for Teddy to go out and probably play five hundred football until Drew Brees got back. And you know, it, I, it looks like he's certainly going to do that. Already going two and zero, so uh, uh, just a huge win for the Saints.
1: Yeah, and, and proving they can win multiple ways too. When, when the you know offense isn't rolling much, you still make enough plays. You still limit the mistakes enough to to, to get the W. Yep. Um, all right, next one here, Mike. Yeah. A team put up fifty-five points against the yeah. LA Rams. Were they playing Kansas City? They were not. Wait, no, they weren't playing. What about the pa- were they playing the Patriots? They no. had to have been playing the Patriots, no. right? No, no, no. No, uh, were they playing like Aaron Rodgers? If Jordy Nelson was there and he still had. Devontae, no? No. Who were they playing against?
0: The uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks.
1: The Buccaneers hung, of Tampa Bay.
0: Hung 55 points, I believe, a franchise 55. record. I think I heard. And uh, beat the Rams at LA. Uh, Dominican Sue getting a big uh, touchdown at the end where he looked like he can run oh, faster that's than right. most. Sue is
1: with the Bucks now.
0: Yeah, can run faster than most
1: Sue uh, running fans.
0: backs and receivers in the league. So. Big win for them. I know if you're listening and you're in a loser pool, a winner pool, where you need to pick one of those. Um, and you pick
1: this game, you probably lost. It certainly
0: knocked out a lot of the teams and the couple that I was in. Uh, luckily, myself, I went with the Chargers at Miami, and uh, I'm still involved in, in one of them there. But, yeah, I think a, a, a big upset there. I believe Tampa's now 2-2. Two and two, and what, uh, what was
1: the line in this game? It had to have been something ridiculous, right? You know,
0: I don't know if it was ridiculous, but I would have said maybe 8 or so
1: let's take a look at the wine the that i grabbed last week mid of the week so um 10
0: 10 okay yeah so i mean that's a that's a big upset uh and you look at bruce arians again um ultimately turning a quarterback that was prone to a lot of turnovers uh into potentially a quarterback that hey might be able to make a little noise here if, if you recall I believe going into last year, we talked about how we kind of liked the free agency from Tampa Bay. We thought they had a chance to maybe flirt with that division title. Uh, ended up getting a lot of injuries. Season kind of went downhill really quickly. Yep. And now you've got a new coach, uh, a little bit of a, um, I don't know, it's like he put a charge into that team. They're 2-2. Two and two And... Hey, they're right in the thick of things. Uh, a lot of two and two teams in the NFC, as we'll, we'll talk through here momentarily. Yes, <clears throat> uh, really, the NFC is kind of wide open right now, and, and uh, I'm sure the Tampa fans are pretty excited about that win.
1: Yeah, big win, big win for Tampa Bay fans. Uh, so be happy this week. Um, last one here, Mike, around the week. Daniel Jones, quarterbacks, the the Giants of New York, a two and two. Yeah. Pretty convincing win, as far as as far as I remember. Right?
0: Well, Washington, I think they won like twenty four three, something still like that. Still
1: convincing win. I mean, twenty four to three is still pretty convincing.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, Daniel Jones, I believe, now two and zero has looked pretty good. I know Giants fans are excited, and you should be. You've got a, a rookie quarterback that's playing well. You've got Saquon Barkley, arguably the best running back in the league, who's very young. granted not playing in- right now, but injured. No, but I mean, um, good. You've got a you know a receiving core that you've kind of pieced together. You've got a really. Relatively young tight end, so uh, and they've invested some money in the defensive side of the ball as well. So, uh, yeah. Overall, again, they're I believe two and two. This is a team that uh, is probably going to have a lot of confidence coming into uh, a home game against the Minnesota Vikings this week, which obviously we're going to touch on quite a bit here uh, towards the end. But yeah, Daniel Jones uh, getting it done as as a rookie. I
1: mean, also you look at the NFC East and it's three and one, two and two, two and two, zero and four. Yeah. So, I mean, it's at this point, it's anyone's game in there. Yeah, I would agree. Um, <clears throat> I think, actually, the NFC North, which we're we'll just about to touch on here, is the only division where every team is at least 500. Right. So, yeah. I mean, not a huge surprise, as you were telling me off screen here, that, that we're 2 to two division foes that are playoff teams, yeah. playoff caliber <clears throat> teams. So it does make me feel better about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's, but, that's fair.
1: All right. <clears throat> that's around the league. It's time to talk a little bit about the North Face here, Mike. Now, we play Chicago, so we'll get into that way more in depth here in a second. But Eagles secure the win at Lambeau on Thursday Night Football. Now, a little personal gripe here. Every 30 damn seconds, when they do a slow pan, a slow-mo pan of Aaron Rodgers' face when he misses the throw, and he's just, like, doing a head shake. Like, come on. Really?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm immune to that stuff now. I mean, it's just it is what it is. But. It's like
1: it makes you want to turn off the damn TV. Yeah. No, it, I, it really I, I doesn't because it, it. it serves in their football, so you don't.
0: But. Right. No, Eagles with a big win. Um, you know, it's kind of a back and forth game. I think it was 21 20 at half, and, uh, you know, ended up, what, like 34 28 or something along those lines. Uh, big road win for the Eagles. I think they were in danger of falling to 1 and 3. So a game they probably needed to win. And honestly, a game that really could have catapulted Green Bay into, uh, you know, we probably would have seen them a top, not necessarily a top, but top three in a lot of power rankings. I think they would yep. have been right there with New England, Kansas City, Green Bay. And now they fall back a little bit. Um, probably one of the first times Green Bay faced a you know a legitimate offense this year. Obviously, you can talk about Minnesota, but um, I think we all know Cousins missed some plays in that game. And, yes. and ultimately, the Eagles came in, put up 34 points. Uh, and for me, I know we'll touch on this in a moment. I think the Bears' defense really vaulted themselves to a, a considerably higher level than Green Bay. And uh, but overall, you know, I, I think Green Bay's defense is better than it has been in years past. But um, ultimately, a missed opportunity for them at home against you know another NFC opponent.
1: Especially those Thursday night games. I mean, you have to try to get that home game. That's such an advantage. Short week. Um, you don't have to do anything different. Yeah. Really. Um, but just the schedule slides up. So, um, like I said, big missed opportunity on their part. Um, hopefully that's in our favor when this all thing shakes down. Right, right. <clears throat> Obviously still two NFC opponents, so um, you gain some in the division, but you could potentially yeah. lose some in the long run. But that's that's a conversation for later. We're, we're done with the first quarter of football. we got three more quarters to go. Um, here's another surprise. Like we said, beginning of the year, um, Lions are going to be better, and here they are lockstep with the Chiefs the entire game yeah and this comes down to a late touchdown by the Chiefs to take it
0: yeah uh and ultimately the Lions really should have won this football game if you watched it uh they had a couple of, of turnovers inside the the five yard line inside the red zone uh one of which was brought back 100 yards you know a fumble return where they tried to get it over the goal line and just you know couldn't turn those possessions into points they actually resulted in more points for the Chiefs than they did the Lions and uh, you can't do that you can't do that against good football teams Uh, so I think yeah the Lions are here to compete for a while certainly while healthy and uh, you know a big win for the Chiefs Mahomes again the magic man he's I think again the most dynamic player in the league
1: but here's the thing he had no touchdowns they scored 34 points he didn't have a damn touchdown yeah, so that's but what, I mean, that's
0: what's insane. To me. I mean, he made some big plays. Uh, I, I just that offense is is really special, and I, I think you know you're going to have to get creative and think about ways to not stop him, but to contain him. And you know, we've had teams like that over the years where you know they're going to go in and they're going to put up 28, 30 some points, and you, you have to game plan for that. You have to game plan accordingly, and and man, they're they're fun to watch.
1: A point someone brought up to me is uh, it seemed like what Detroit was doing was taking taking out the the long explosive touchdowns. And
0: yeah. then
1: when whenever the Chiefs got into their red zone area, they kind of struggled to, to kind of punch it in. So maybe that's how you approach this Kansas City team is, is you try to take away some of those deep shots as best you can by keeping stuff in front of you. You maybe let them get four or 500 yards on the day, but you just don't let them get those breakaway Long bomb, fifty-yard touchdowns.
0: Yeah, they. I think they were trying to sit back a little bit, uh, you know, let the game come to them, and you know, again, they they were in a position where they could have won, and, and certainly you're able to move the ball against that Kansas City defense. We know that everyone in the league knows that, and you know, that might be indeed uh, exactly the way that you approach those games. You try to eliminate the big play, slow the game down a little bit, uh, give up those chunk yardages, and. You know, try to win that, that close shootout. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of nice that they're in the AFC, and usually we won't have to worry about them for the next uh, handful of years because they look like they're going to be a really good football team. Yep. Holmes is, what, 23? So he's going to be around for quite a while.
1: Every four years. So four years from now they're going to be coming to historic U.S. Bank Stadium. Go. So that'll be a fun one. Get your tickets for that now if you can. I don't I don't know if you can. You probably can't. but Yeah. But then we'll have season tickets, Mike. So. Well, yeah,
0: and we'll probably get a good deal on them if things continue that the way they are. So Yeah,
1: if we continue this <clears> nosedive, Mike. Yeah. All right. Anything else we want to talk about around the week, North Face?
0: No, I think that covers uh, the North. I believe the Lions are going into a bye, and then when they come off that bye, they've got Green Bay on, uh, I think, a Monday night game. Uh, and then I'm not sure who Green Bay has has this week uh, but hopefully it's you know someone really good and you know they lose ultimately because we always like to see them lose the game so
1: well yeah my favorite team is the Vikings and the team playing against the Packers there you go I mean that's just how it is um, so <clears throat> we'll get into this later but in three weeks is when Detroit plays Minnesota yeah, we
0: go to Detroit. Go to Detroit. Yep. I, I believe so, I'll be in Vegas for that game, so we'll see if the Vikings can make me a little bit of
1: money. Put some money down on that. Yeah. Put it on the lines to cover. Yeah. Uh, actually, the lines are probably going to be favorite at that point, let's be fair. Um, <clears throat> all right. Vikings versus Bears recap. We've been going along with this format for the first couple weeks. It seemed to be working pretty well. So special teams, Mike. Good news. Yeah. Colquitt had a great day of punting. Bad news, he had to punt a lot, but great news. Great punts. Great coverages. I think there's one where they actually got squirrely with some run. Yeah, but
0: it, 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 yep, a little bit. I think it was like a 15-yard return. But that was a uh, long punt, so. Yeah. Uh, no, overall, I think Colquitt looked great. I texted you, and I was like, hey, at least, you know, Colquitt's looking pretty good. Um, that's great. It's nice to have that piece, uh, you know, kind of hammered out, locked in, if you will. Mr.
1: Sherrell's had a decent day too.
0: Yeah, Sherrell's had a what do you have one kind of muff as he went out of bounds, I believe, on the right side of the field.
1: There, I don't remember that one.
0: Okay, um, but yeah, I, I'm not worried about I'm not worried about Cheryl's. I'm not really worried about Colquitt. And honestly, you know, it's kind of we're joking about it a little bit, but uh, the punting and being able to turn that field around, especially with the defense that the Vikings have, it, it is going to be a big factor mm. in a lot of games. So it's great to see um, a veteran punter like like Colquitt, come in and, and make some kicks, get in a groove, and we're going to need that to continue, especially on the road, a place mm-hmm. where we're having trouble winning right now. Uh, I think Cheryl's hopefully will be able to hang on to those. We've had a little bit of uh, issues, obviously, as we all know, uh, with with the punts. And, you know, we've, we've got another week here where, where Bailey did not miss a kick. So I just realized
1: that point. <laughs> Bailey didn't miss a kick because they didn't attempt a kick. Oh, uh, God.
0: So Bailey, again, uh, accuracy, didn't didn't uh, lose anything there. And then the onside kick chance, uh, kind of a, a you know longer onside kick, but we actually had an opportunity at it. I, I can't remember who was coming down the, the right edge there, if it was uh, Rhodes or, or someone that kind of made a diving attempt to swat it back in play. Uh, might have been actually Mackenzie Alexander, I, I think. But uh, either way, we had a good opportunity there to potentially –
1: get that onside. It was was a a good attempt. I think if if it bounces just a tiny bit differently, you have a better chance at it.
0: So, I mean, yeah, special teams was maybe one of the takeaways here that... uh,
1: They've been honestly pretty consistent throughout the year. Um, I was a little
0: surprised we didn't uh, bring a little bit more heat towards the end of the game when the Bears did punt a couple times. Um,
1: Try to get a spark play? Yeah, try to,
0: you know... I think, as we're going to touch on here, we were a little disappointed at the defense not being as aggressive as maybe they could have been, especially when Trubisky left the game. And I think some of that actually moved over to the special teams where uh, you know maybe we could have tried to get a little creative and and just have Sheryls make that fair catch back there. Um, But then again, maybe they thought they saw something where they could free Sheryls up and he could get a big return too. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it could be one way or the other. And I, I don't know what the math says on that, what the chances are you're blocking a punt versus... Finding an opening in the, um, the the return coverage, which I gotta assume the return coverage easier to, is easier to do, unless there's something completely obvious on tape, like um, a couple of years back against uh, Carolina, right, where we had two block punts. So <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, special teams looked all right, I guess. Um, it is what it is, and that uh, one thing to get to have moving forward, you have that consistent piece. Um, we just need to clean up our next topic here. Yeah, um, this is where... Offense. Yeah. But well, Mike, before we get into the offense, let's take a quick break because I know it's going to be a long topic, so it's going to break now, and, and we'll, we'll come right back. And we're back. You're talking about the Vikings' offense, Mike. Are you ready for this?
0: No, but we got to do it.
1: All right, here we go. Um, Cook struggled. 35 yards and 14 carries. That's significantly less than he's had in previous.
0: Yeah, uh, you know... If you kind of read into going into this game, it was all Vikings thought they were going to run. Bears said, no, you're not. It was supposed to be the, uh, what, the uh, movable, uh, well, the unstoppable force and the uh, well, movable here's object.
1: A, the Vikings, like, kind of just said, yeah, we're going to run the ball. And the Bears basically screamed back with the megaphone, no, you're not.
0: And they were correct.
1: And, and they were 100% correct. Now...
0: I will say Dalvin had uh, 35 yards, 14 carries. Uh, damn near all of those had to be tried to go through the middle, uh, which you and I talked about You know, a fair amount. It didn't really make sense. In, in my opinion, watching the game, I didn't Almost. like the run plays that they were they were running. Um, I think the line, for the most part, as we're going to get into here a little bit more in depth, was throttled, especially... Uh, the side that Khalil Mack was coming through uh, time and time again. And I, I believe I saw Brian O'Neill was the only one that actually graded positive overall in the game. And I don't really remember many times that we ran right. Now, could be off on that. Maybe you'll tell me otherwise. But it, it just felt like we were – it was running into a wall every single time.
1: Which, yeah, which I don't understand because you know what Delvin Cook is. You know that right. he's shiftier when he gets to the edge. He can he – can, get them that corner and turn the corner and, and make a run for you know sometimes 5 10 15 even more on that edge so why are you even trying to shove it up the middle I, I know you understand or at least you think you can take advantage of them not having hicks not having raquan smith but after the first quarter where literally that wasn't working at all why are you sticking with that mix it up i don't yeah You it's not like you're gonna magically wear them down if they're that stout right and you clearly weren't getting enough blocks, especially with with what we saw in pass protection and in all the running. There were times when our line was set back two, three yards by the time that Delvin was even handed the ball. Right. So <laughs> I don't I don't understand. And I mean, maybe with the the right side, they were worried that Dozier couldn't do what Klein could in in the running to the right. So maybe that's why they tried not to run that much that way. But you still got Brian O'Neill over there setting the edge and he's still just absolutely exceeding expectations in year two. Yep. So I just, don't, I just don't know why they didn't give it more opportunity.
0: No, I, I would agree. Um, <clears throat> you know, Delvin also had six catches on eight targets. A lot of those are uh, short screens. I think they tried to run that screen to the right. I don't know. It had to have been eight times that they ran it between all the running backs. And, um, you know, the one time that we actually had it, Bradbury missed, missed a pretty key block. I'm sure you might have seen that one on Twitter. Um, another, you know, a little bit of a struggle for him, at least, you know, according to most grading systems. But I think, you know, Dalvin, we we knew we were going to run into situations where Dalvin wasn't going to run for a hundred yards, right? Even we've seen it in the past with Adrian Peterson, Uh, teams load the box, they decide they're going to take away the run. This is why we brought in Kirk Customs. This is, this is why we have, uh Stefan Dicks, this is why we have Adam Thielen. This is why we have all the weapons we do. I think this, I think you know, of a quarterback
1: game. and two wide receivers we're paying the most of any team in the league right now.
0: Right. Yeah, I I would probably agree with that.
1: I don't think uh, it's I, not a hard agree or it's I mean, it's I, I, I can't even I think.
0: think of a team that's I mean, maybe Atlanta, you know, with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones new deal. Uh but yeah, I would I would agree. It was the
1: third guy that's getting paid. I mean you got both sinew or what no you got both Diggs and Thielen that yeah. are just making top 7 money and then you got Cousins right. that's making top 5. No, so you're, you're right. It's it's frustrating because it, like you said that's why you bring Cousins in and then he basically does this misses wide open receivers. And it's 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 frustrating because when your run offense struggles that much you need to be able to pass to open up the run. Yeah. Like, like if you are nickel and dime for 5 10 15 yards a, a pass attempt it's going to open up their run.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, you look at, so you got Kirk Cousins who, 27 for 36, 233, some of that inflated with with some completions late in the game. He was sacked six times, uh, had a couple fumbles, one of which he lost, and, well, actually two of which he lost, but then one of which was, I suppose technically uh, that Bears guy didn't recover it, so it goes in as, as not. But in reality, he he essentially lost both. We were able yeah. to get one back. Um, Here, here's the thing. At the end of the day, we we touched on this after the Green Bay game, and I think it's even more apparent now. This loss can almost be put on Cousins. And uh, you look at the tape, you and I are joking around before the show, uh, saying if Cousins is in the room watching the film with Thielen and Diggs, I mean, it's got to be incredibly awkward because
1: I, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that GIF in the the yeah, Daily Norseman I, article. So go go look at us on the Daily Norseman website because you're gonna see a GIF that's perfect for this. I mean, you're seeing the replays,
0: and you've got Diggs open multiple times. You have Ersmith Jr. open. You have Thielen open, and when I say open, I mean there are no guys within ten, yards. 10 yards of them. And yeah. Cousins is throwing the ball to an area that. Is three to five <clears throat> yards downfield.
1: And What's more egregious is on half of them
0: he's by himself. He's,
1: well, not, in, but he's looking right in that direction. Right. I just ugh.
0: it's it's bad. I would say this is one of the worst games he's played. Uh, this is a game that I think you can pinpoint on him, and it's got to get better. Uh, it flat out has to get better. This hopefully is an eye-opening loss. You're gonna go watch the tape on this, and it's going to be eye-opening. There's no way around it. Receivers were open. Thielen came out after the game you know basically said hey we were open he missed some throws and anytime you call out your quarterback like that you don't really see that in the nfl and and there's a reason for that but that's a pretty big deal for Thielen to
1: say that especially Thielen for one but what's what's critical to me is is kirk the kind of guy that responds to that positively and says listen i gotta get this crap figured out because because my my receiver is calling me out, and that this is not cool. Does he respond to that, or does he go negative and it gets worse because of that? I, th- I think the former rather than the later, but, you know, we're, we remains to be seen.
0: I, I just don't know if Thielen was like, what, what else can we do here? Because you saw it in the Green Bay game. Um, you and I were talking before the show. I think there were times last year where Cousins stood up, and he made some big throws. In games we lost... But the Rams game, it was a shootout. The The Green Bay game, he brought us back almost single-handedly. Yeah. Made some great throws. He's capable. He's capable of stepping up, finding guys, seeing the guys that are open and making the throws. What is going on right now? You know, There's the one <laughs> there's the one still clip where Cousins has no one within 10, 15 yards of him. He throws this check down, three yards down, and right behind him, Irv Smith, has no one within 10, 15 yards of him. Uh, down 20 yards of field. Yeah, and, and so I, I think, again... It has to stop, and it's got to come through this film review. I'm hoping it's an eye-opening situation for, for Cousins. And honestly, it's on him. It, it, I don't know if Thielen calling him going to do anything. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a confidence deal or what, but it's got to change. Because you can't continuously watch film like that and tell me that a Sean Mannion, a, a Kyle Slaughter, someone, and, and I'm normally not a proponent, I don't think there's a way they're going to move to the backup. But, man, if you keep watching film like this. you keep like on this, doing this
1: several games in a row, I you're mean, have to At what point
0: do you not say, hey, what, we got to bring someone else in to see if they are being able to make these reads because that's too good. They're not hard reads. This team could be 4-0, and I know we're going to get to it here. I'm still – I still think we're going to be all right. Uh, we're 2-2. Two two. You know, there's only – there's the only teams ahead of us have three wins. This isn't – you know, we're – We're not way back right now. Yes, it's unfortunate that you lose two games in the division. We're still going to get both those teams back home at some point in time, but Cousins has to get better. Um, He was under pressure a lot, six sacks is a lot. The line was shaky at times, but he did have time to throw, and when he did, he he was not making the right reads, not making the right throws.
1: It seemed like any time that he had a decision to make, he made the wrong one. Because there were times when he held the ball for five, five, six, seven seconds, and he was sacked because of it. He didn't even try to get through his progressions. He didn't even try to force the ball down the field. And then there were times when he held the ball for three seconds and got skittish, and the pocket was clean enough where he could have let the play develop more. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what he's got to do with his presence of mind. Like he's Coming into this game, the Vikings were giving up, tied for least amount of sacks. Like... You shouldn't be skittish at this point. Right. You faced one game where you actually saw pressure, Green Bay. Everything else has been pretty clean. Why are you so skittish in this game? I, I I understand Khalil Mack, 52, he's a monster. But figure it out, man. Have that clock in your head going a little bit faster in some of those plays. Well, but again, for me, there was
0: the one, again, that, I keep coming back to that a couple of plays here, but the rollout when there's nobody near it. And you're, you're throwing it check down, and there's guys wide open right beyond him. I, I just, it's like something is off. I don't know. I just, um, I'm not sure what's going on. He's got to figure it out. You look at Diggs, uh, ended up, his stats didn't look that bad overall in this game. Um, he had a couple catches late, uh, you know, kind of, not necessarily garbage time, but, I mean, he really got... Uh, some of his stats inflated late, left the locker room in full pads, did not speak to the media, hasn't spoken to them in a little while now. You got Thielen come out after the game, make the statements he did. He had two catches for six yards on six targets. His worst game with that many targets. Uh, Kyle Rudolph was – I don't even know if Kyle Rudolph played, to be honest with you. He was that much of a non-factor. Don't really remember his name called.
1: Had like one catch, Uh, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. B.C. Johnson had, you know, I, th- I think he kind of got some catches late in the game. Nice to actually see him get in. Uh, I think he probably ended up with around four catches there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, from a receiving standpoint, it's got to get better. He ha- You can't – I don't care if you're getting paid $8.4 or $84 million. If you're a quarterback in the NFL, you need to be able to – this this is basic football. Yeah. You, you have to be able to look at other reads. And he's he seems like he's playing scared. It has to stop. Or you do need to entertain – Moving to another uh, another option sooner than later,
1: <clears throat> and I don't know how soon that is because it, you get the sunk cost the sunk cost fallacy where you're paying a guy eighty four million dollars and he almost seems immutable to to sit. But but look at look at Keenum. Keenum was able to, by some act of God, for the
0: most part, somehow get Wiley in the pocket, shake it off, find the guy, and make a throw. So if you can get. I mean, that's the thing is that this defense is good enough. There's so many weapons on the offense that, man, these aren't hard throws. So, I mean, if this, if you have a quarterback that's on the roster, I don't care if he's a backup. I don't care if he's a third string. These are throws that need to be able to be made by a third string quarterback. This, this, we've gotten to that point, in my opinion. So, if the tape continues to prove that out where you have guys wide open and he's not finding them, I, I'm sorry, and I know you're paying him eighty-four million, and there's almost no way we do it. But I think you really need to entertain making that move sooner than later.
1: At this point, that money's gone, no matter what. So, do what you can to win games. And if you truly think that, that he's getting better, fine, whatever. But you see, I just look at it every single time he comes out here. He has multiple fumble game. He comes out, he says, you know, I got, I got to do better at securing the football. Then maybe he does for a game. Like like he comes out after Green Bay and says, "Yeah, I got to do better at that. I can't I can't be doing that." You go with the Raiders, you don't have that. And then you go back to doing the exact same thing against Chicago, and you put your team in a negative hole. I mean, how many times did he get sacked or, or make a negative play like that, where instead of being like you have here, third and eighteen, and you you're trying to pick up and some you're chunk? Th- you're
0: throwing three yards. And you're I throwing
1: mean, behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, what are you doing?
0: You know that throw has no business. It's, yeah, again, the film room, I'd love to be a fly on the wall because it's just, it's terrible. I mean, kind of moving away from the receiving game, you talk about the line. Reef was atrocious. Granted, again, this is a very good defense, but they were missing some key components. Uh, but Khalil Mack tended, tended to come off that side quite a bit. Uh, I think he gave up a couple sacks, hurries. Um, he looked bad. I think about as bad as he's looked since the Buffalo game last year. Uh, Bradbury, again, I talked about a miss, missed block on a, on a screen that might have went for a few yards, graded badly again. I think basically the entire left side of the line struggled. Um, you know, how do we get around this? Because right now we came in with optimism, and I know Klein's been pretty good. He was out this game. Let's hope that he's we get him back sooner and later. Brian oneill has been a nice surprise, uh, you know, I can understand the growing pains of Bradbury, a rookie coming in. I'm hoping that he's going to get better as we go. It's the first quarter of the season. But what do we do overall, especially talking about this left side of the line? How do we combat this? I mean, do we just cross the fingers that somehow they figure it out? Because now, I I don't know, I've got some concerns.
1: At this point, that's what you're left with. But now, whether you believe it or not, whether you buy into it or not, who do you think the highest graded old lineman was?
0: This week for us, Brad O'Neill?
1: no. Pat offline. Tell me how that one works. I yeah. I oh. You sure you got the right week? Yeah. Yeah. Somehow he's the highest graded overall lineman in this week. I I I don't know what to tell you on that one. Huh. He's also the highest graded pass block. I, lineman. I I don't I don't I don't fathom that.
0: Well, I mean, again, that's the grading system, which is a whole. On our podcast, if you want to, but I mean, granted, we're not going to be facing this Bears defense week in right. and week out.
1: But so, look at us at—we're an average line right now. An average line gets absolutely destroyed by Khalil Mack. It does. It's how you how you intend to mitigate that. So, how you typically should mitigate that is quick throws. You get the ball out of your hand before Khalil Mack and you have a chance to impact the play. We weren't doing that. You you try to double team him, you try you try to shift him around properly. I don't think we did that well, either through miscommunication or poor execution. There were several plays where I'm seeing clips where it just looks like Elfline doesn't get set properly or he's getting set to shove him into Bradbury and Bradbury isn't there. He's dealing with a de tackle that seems to be handled by the right guard. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if they're getting if they're getting outplayed by the scheme and, and, and the stunts that the defense is doing. I, I don't know what's going on there, but, um, yeah, you're absolutely right to be concerned about that. Because at this point, <clears throat> I think it's it's just individual player level has to just get better. The scheme is what the scheme is. If they're not communicating well, if they're not executing well, that's on individual players. Right. There's there's nothing really at this point systematically you can do. Yeah, The line is what the line mm-hmm. is. And unless you're going to sit like elf line, you think you have a better chance with, like, a Drusamia or... You know, a Dozier putting him at left guard—I I, just—I I don't know where you go from there.
0: Right. What do you have an update on on Klein? I mean, is it—is that something we're thinking? Is a short-term deal?
1: I mean, you hope it is. I, I don't think we've heard anything recently. Okay. Um, I, I think we look out for what does he do in practice because I don't think they've actually put out an update since he was called out. So, if he's practicing Tuesday or Wednesday, when's the first practice? then I think you're good. We're probably going to hear something Tuesday, would be my guess, um, if he's starting to clear a concussion protocol. Because the thing was, I don't think he cleared any step of it last week, so must have been a fairly severe concussion for him not to clear anything. Right. So, <sighs> we we got we to get that done in a hurry. I mean, I'm not super scared of the Giants' line, but we're going to need them.
0: But, but Philadelphia, you know, is a team that's got a good front. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything else on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, I guess, yeah, four attempts beyond 10 yards. We kind of looped that in. Uh, the checkdowns need to stop. I just
1: <laughs> – it's all
0: well, – it comes back to Cousins. And, again, it's the reads.
1: We, we, yeah, we beat the, we beat the horse to death here. It's, it's – he was missing reads deep down the field, and that's, I think that's why that's, that's kind of like a lagging indicator type deal where, you know, teams with so many rushing attempts have a, so much percent chance to win the game – well, yeah, because if you're rushing for 30, 40 attempts a game, you're probably running with the lead. So that's a lagging indicator type deal.
0: Well, it, another thing that I, I thought was interesting I was going to bring up is, um, you know, Mike Florio and uh, Pro, Football, Pro Football Talk, uh, you know, fairly well known now. It's gained a lot of popularity over the last few years here, and, and he's got a radio show on on Mondays, and um, I can't remember the name of his partner to. But they were talking about the game today and and how is big on Cousins being the issue. And uh, his partner basically said that he he watched back a lot of tape and the Vikings, he he almost blamed on the play calling. He said the Vikings are running routes that uh, essentially high school offenses run. I mean, their routes are so simple that the Patriots would, would be laughing at, you know, how simple the plays are. And for me, it's like, Okay, well, they're still getting like we're seeing right. the screenshots where these guys are wide open.
1: That's that's that's, that's so, where i kind of invalidate what you're telling me because it's like it doesn't matter if, if they're open,
0: right? But if
1: if you're running streaks and all three of them are open, what the hell does it matter if that's and, the simplest and, route pattern ever? In last it year,
0: last year we were hearing the opposite. You know, last year we were hearing that Flippo was running too complex of an offense that no one knew what the hell was going on, and it's like okay. We, so we've got both. We were running two complexer routes. Now we're running two simpler routes. Uh, In both situations, they were getting open. Right, I have you you know, So kind of interesting. I, I was. I didn't really know what to think of that. But uh, yeah. Anyways, cousins needs to get better. I think that's the biggest takeaway. This this game can be put on him. Uh, we'll touch on the defense here. We're down ten nothing at halftime. Uh, ultimately you're getting the ball at half and you come out we turn the ball over right out the gate, you're down thirteen nothing. still two possession game at that point with basically a full second half to play.
1: So <clears throat> I've gotten some flack on this because I put a lot of this loss on, on Zimmer, not just necessarily cousins, but it always seems like we just we come out flat in, in these games that are this is a big game. Yeah, this is the fourth game of the season, but this is a big game. This is a division rival, a really good team in a way game. Yeah. You have to stand up straight for this. And you come out of the gate, you give up a touchdown right away. I don't understand that. Every single game, it seems like we do that. It's, it's, that is infuriating to me, and it will never stop being infuriating to me. But we hold them to six, 16 total points. We give up one touchdown, and that's it. Everything else is a field goal. We somehow miraculously hold them to three after they get the ball at like their twenty. Right at R twenty, right off, right off the gate. So, somehow, you know, we shut the door there, and we're still within reach. We're we're a two possession game, a regular two possession game, not with two two point conversions, and we're still in the game. And yet again, the offense still can't do anything. Right. But, so, defense in my eyes, do I want them to start faster? Absolutely. Are they still doing their job? Yes. If you hold an opponent to sixteen points, and on your offense you have guys like Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, you should win 99% of those games. It's inexcusable. I'm
0: not disagreeing.
1: So I think the defense is exactly what it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at this game, I think that, again, I don't understand why we got to give points up right away, but I think they gave up the quick score there, uh, essentially in the first drive. They settled in after that. Um, still for me, costly penalties, you know, you look at Anthony Harris ended up, uh, having, I think it was defensive holding that reversed a fumble recovered by Everson Griffin, yep, which the resulted the thing, yep. would have been on, uh, I think in the red zone on the play that Trubisky leaves the game. So
1: which first series, I believe.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, so pretty big there. Huge um, swing.
1: You get that right off the bat. That's huge momentum swing.
0: Yep. And then, and then you got Chase Daniel. Who came in after that? And you and I were talking. He did a great job. First and foremost, Chase Daniel came in and played a pretty efficient game. Uh, Didn't really turn the ball over. Uh, Was able
1: better than Trubisky. Able to avoid
0: pressure. It wasn't that the pressure wasn't there. It's just it. We couldn't quite get him. Uh, I think he felt pressured, and you know it it was indicative on their third down uh, percentage. I mean, overall they didn't. Really shred us or anything after that. Like I said, it was ten nothing. They ended up getting sixteen points, three of which came in the first two minutes of the second half. Defense for the most part held them in check.
1: But well, well, here's the thing: they didn't burn the, the barn down. But there was five possessions in the first half. Yeah, like yeah. You, you, they weren't burning. They weren't burning the, the the shoes off of us, but they were grinding the clock. They were. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that Two no possessions in a half. Two, yeah, two. And I most mean, of it was
0: because the Bears were just grinding the clock. Right. No, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a two possession in the first half either. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, our offense needs to be able to move the ball. And and I just, I think you nailed it. If if we're going to hold someone to 16 points, even 21 points, which is, uh, believe what, Green Bay, right? Yep. Um, we need to win football games when our defense keeps that, – that's what we said coming in in the preseason shows. Hey, this defense should be holding teams to 20 points or less, 17, 20, 21 points or less. If we do that, we should be winning every football game. And I think uh, Zimmer's record when we score 20 or more points is absurd, which makes it's sense. Like 95%. Right? Yeah, no. and, and it's just uh, the offense, it, it's mind-blowing that you have this much talent and you're not able to do anything. And now that comes back again. You come into, is it Zimmer? Is it coaching? Is it like What's going on here? Because the weapons are there. This isn't a talent question. We have a lot of talent on this football team when you start executing. And, and ultimately, at 2-2, two and two, you're still all right. But you've dug yourself a little bit of a bigger hole uh, than you might have wanted to through four games. And now you need to go out and win the next four games.
1: I know we started talking about defense, but we, we all wrapped into offense and every single defensive point.
0: Well, I mean, the de- listen, the defense, you can't rely on them every single game. I mean, we were going back and forth saying, hey, maybe the defense is going to get us on the board. That's the spark we're going to need. Um, and they're going to do there's, that there's, this year. There's
1: legitimately been two quarters where this defense hasn't really shown up. Quarter one against Green Bay, and I think quarter one in this, of this game where we gave it a touchdown early. Other than that, the defense is doing exactly what you needed to.
0: Yeah, and, and, and they're going to come out and they're going to get a turnover. They're going to put points on the board throughout the course of this year, and they're going to essentially win you some football games. And they had a chance to do it this week. didn't happen. But it's still inexcusable for you to come in as an offense and only put up six points with the weapons you had. That should never happen. The floor for this team should be 14 to 17 points, for Christ's sake. Again, Dalvin, Diggs, Thielen, like you have so many weapons on offense. And Irv it's it's, it's yeah. your floor needs to be higher than that it's not on the defense i think i look for the defense to um hopefully feast this week uh you know coming in against a rookie quarterback we're going to move into that here momentarily but um overall sure if you want a nitpick you can you can throw a few things at the defense but they played well enough for this team to win this football game
1: 16 points and three of them came in when they were basically put in the red zone we're I, I think the average points there is like four and a half or something like that. When you have a, a turnover that, yeah. that far down, so yeah.
0: still got to clean up. We still got to clean up some penalties. I know that's on both sides of the ball, but
1: yeah, it's, I don't know what you got to do, but that's that's pure coaching. You got you got to clean that up. You can't have that. So we're going to right into it. Giants predictions
0: at the Giants at the Giants noon Sunday
1: rookie quarterback undefeated I mean,
0: undefeated it, rookie quarterback.
1: Well. Yeah. When starting. But opponents. Yeah, true. But again, one of those opponents just beat the Rams 55-40. to 40, So There you go. Uh, but uh, rookie quarterback Zimmer typically excels against rookie quarterbacks, except one game in recent memory, which we won't rehash for obvious reasons. Um, so you got to imagine you can get after this guy and make him prove it to you. Yeah. So uh, this is going to be, I think, the best defense he's, he's seen, period. Um and probably one that the best that he'll see all year.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would say they're up there. Obviously, the Eagles, when they're operating at a high level, have a pretty good defense. Um, you know, I don't know what the what the rest of their schedule is, but yeah, Daniel Jones is going to come into a little bit of a bigger monster than he's seen here in the last couple of weeks. Uh,
1: this team, if this team isn't hungry for this win, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you get him up for this game if they're not hungry after this this Chicago game.
0: Yeah, I, I mean I can't agree with you more. But uh, you, you know, you look at Jones coming off. He threw for 225 touchdown. He did turn the ball over a couple times. So um, you know, I think that, you're gonna still be there. I think you're gonna see Zim try to apply a little bit more pressure. And that's something we didn't talk about here on the on the last game and and just briefly looping back and actually transitioning this week as well. Um, I think there was an opportunity to apply a little bit more pressure on the defensive side Mix of the ball it up last a little week. Bit, yeah. um, so I'm hoping to see a little bit more of that. You're going to have uh, what I would assume is a very hungry defense coming after a rookie quarterback. Uh, now it is a quarterback that can scramble a little bit. He had five rushes for 33 yards last week. Um, they have no Saquon Barkley, but they still have a competent running back in Wayne Gallman, um, a guy that had a really nice week last week. I think he ran for 63 in a score, um, had another 50 in a score through the air, so uh, you know, you and I have talked about it for a while. Running backs, for the most part, you know, it's a plug-and-play situation. It's, it's he's it, it's, still highly capable. So um, just
1: like the Vikings, Dalvin Cook has a good day, and Madison also has a similarly good day. Drop off isn't that big if your if your team and your offense is set up to do it.
0: Yep, but you know, it's it's overall uh, this is a game that we should match up really well. You go into New York, where again, with a rookie quarterback and and some of the players that they're missing. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity for the Vikings to get that first road win, and then you're going to come back home uh, the following week and host a Philadelphia Eagles team that, depending on what they do this week, um, you know is potentially going to be really hungry. It's obviously a little bit of a rivalry here with the last couple of years. Uh, but this is a game you have to win. As I said, I think we need to win the next four. got to get to 6-2. and two. Uh, If you want this season to go the direction that I think all of us you know, wanted to ahead of time, and and again, I know we've lost some people based on this Bears loss. Certainly lost some people. You saw it on Twitter. You saw it on social media. You saw it through text messages. Uh, you know, my dad. I think he. I think he's off the off the wagon right now.
1: Oh, David will um, be back on the wagon. People get
0: emotional, you know, and and I understand it. But keep in mind, I had this team at six and two through the first eight, and I had a loss in Chicago. I picked the loss last week. So I'm not surprised we lost that football game. I thought we should have beat Green Bay, and I picked us to beat Green Bay. Um, but now it just means you got to beat a Lions team, or you got to you got to beat an Eagles team. The, one of those other games that we may have had pegged for a loss. Um, but it starts this week with the Giants, and and I think uh, I feel really optimistic. I think I'm gonna actually, you know, have us winning by a decent number here. But what about, what about you? What are you thinking here? Going out to uh, technically New Jersey, I believe. And,
1: uh, yeah, the New York Giants thoughts? of New Jersey. Um, you know, it, it just goes back to a couple episodes ago where we were talking about which which team are we going to get on any, on any given day. And, you know, after a loss like this, you feel like they always come back, but then what are you going to get against Philadelphia? Yeah, it's at home, but, you know, we seem to be doing this up and down thing where we have a really good game, we seem to get full of ourselves, and then we forget all the basics, and we completely fall on the floor. Yeah. So, Am I confident that we are capable to beat the Giants? Yes. Am I confident that we actually will? Not so much. So, end of the day, I mean, I'm with you. It's We're 2-2. Two two. We're still right in the thick of it at this point. But, man, you d- you dig yourself this hole. You're 0-2 in the division. If things start to really go wrong here in the next quarter of, of the schedule, now all of a sudden you're looking at a, an insurmountable uh hole to climb out of because you're sitting with a division that's got Green Bay Packers who has Aaron Rodgers and improved defense, so they're going to be in almost every single game. You're looking at Chicago who's got a monster defense, best defense in the league. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. We thought they were going to take a step back. They're not. You got Detroit who plays sound football every time they step on the field. Even if they're playing down to their opponents, they're still playing their opponent's stuff. This is going to be the toughest division, and right now I don't even feel confident we can get a winning record in the division.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I understand it, right? You know, Cousins has not looked great. The offense isn't where we want it to be. But also coming off a of two and one, you know, I just think the the fluctuation is pretty wild amongst Vikings fans, right? You know, you're you're feeling pretty good at two and one. If they come in and they were play a little bit differently, they get a couple different bounces here. Maybe Cousins doesn't overthrow Thielen. We didn't even talk about that. Um, you know, maybe he hits Dylan in the long ball at seven seven. The game goes a different way. We win that game. So many Vikings fans are like, "This is the real deal." You know, we're this is still a Super Bowl caliber team, and so this is still the same team. There's so much talent. They're staying healthy. You got to get better. You have to get better in a week in, week out, and we have to we have to have trust that it's
1: going to happen. And, and maybe this is a situation where it's just you hope it gets gets right, right at the right time. It gets right, you know, with. Ten games left in the season, you start to get hot. You get some streaky wins there. You end up at you know, you end up winning six of your last six games. You go into the, the playoffs, just everything firing on all cylinders. You're clicking. Your timing is on. Those deep balls are all there. Um, the running game is getting going because the deep balls are there and it's opening up the the center of the field. Um, so, it, like you said, it's it's all there. All the players are are there. The talent is still there. It, the majority of it's still healthy, but damn, they got to get it together quick.
0: They do. And and Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, you know, if you're listening to the show, stay with us for a little bit. Uh, I still think that the talent on this team is very, very good. I do trust Zimmer to right some of the wrongs that have been happening. Um, And I think we're really going to see ultimately on the offensive side of the ball uh, what Kubiak has to offer, you know, what they're going to do here, how they approach the Cousins situation. We're seeing people open on tape. You know, things are working. Players need to make the plays. That, that to me, is a coaching situation. This isn't, we're, we're not necessarily getting absolutely hammered and outplayed. We've had a very good opportunity to be 4-0. We're not. We're 2-2. We've got to keep improving. Um, it starts this week on the road against the Giants, but I've still got faith that this team could be 6-2 and two after the next four weeks. And all of a sudden, you and I are pretty excited with 10 days to prepare for a Kansas City team, you know, potentially that doesn't have a loss yet at that point in time.
1: Yeah, well, we're, we're, I guess we'll see where we're at in that, that spot. I'm not as confident that we're going to go 4-0 in the next four weeks, but if we're there, I'm ecstatic. And All right, what do
0: you got this week?
1: Oh, this week against the Giants. 23-20. to 20. Good guys or bad guys? Wait, who are you defining as good guys? 23-20 <laughs> to 20 Vikings win.
0: Are we talking a Bailey field goal again?
1: No, Bailey misses like... Oh, field uh, oh my <laughs> God,
0: we've really <laughs> lost him.
1: No, I mean, it's, I, I think it's going to be a late score that's going to make it... It's going to be like 23-13.
0: Okay, so, so we maybe feel somewhat start. comfortable in the yep. fourth...
1: Yeah, we well, you know, not super comfortable, but comfortable enough, they get a late score off a broken play, something like that, and then the defense closes out. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's where I'm at. I, I just, I, I, think we're going to bury it because it's it's a lesser quality opponent, so good teams put those opponents away and, and take care of business. So I still think we're capable of doing that. I just don't think it's going to be like a, a 24 to, to 10 type deal. I think it's going to be tight. It's going to okay. be tighter than we want.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go actually 34 to 14. I think the Vikings win. I, I think Cousins throws for three.
1: Jeez. Throws for three like interceptions, touchdowns for the opposing team. Cousins throws for three.
0: Um, I don't know. I got a good feeling about this week. I think the defense comes out. I think this is a, a really a comfortable lead. Uh, you maybe have a garbage time touchdown uh, for both both sides, but I think the Vikings win comfortably. And we come into uh, looking at that Philadelphia Eagles game as, again, you're going to have two really tough tests after this week, I think, in the Eagles and then at the Lions. So, um, you know, I think if we're going to win those football games, we've got to be in a good place coming off of this Giants game. And uh, I've got confidence that they're going to look at the tape. They're going to figure some stuff out. I think they're going to come in, approach it, uh, you know, with a great game plan. It'll be interesting with Pat Shermer out there. Um, obviously, you've got a little bit of he knows a little of what Zim's gonna do. Zim knows a little bit of what he's gonna try to do. Uh, so it'll be it'll be unique. But I think uh, Vikings defense actually might get on the board this week. I, I feel good about this game. Uh, I, I look for the Vikings to to win in a, a blow up.
1: In the immortal words of Leslie Frazier, "Well, Judd, you know, I'm just gonna have to look at the tape, make some adjustments. I can tell you this: we're not gonna rest on our laurels." <laughs> Every press conference go look at it, the history it's it's great Leslie Frazier, you were a good guy but you didn't belong coaching the head coaching gig like <laughs> your press conferences were gold though all right any last notes here Mike before we close it out for the day uh no I
0: don't think so um, you know just just keep in mind it's a long season we're a quarter of the way through uh, I think even the most optimistic of Viking's fans would have felt really good if you were three and one when you include, uh, an Atlanta team that, you know, a lot of people, I know they're three, they're one and three right now, but an the Atlanta team that a lot of people said might go to the NFC championship game, might go to the Super Bowl, uh, from the NFC at green Bay, at Chicago. Uh, it, it was a tough first four games. You came out of it two and two and I still think we've got a good football team here. Like I said, so, uh, nothing more. Let's, let's hope that they take care of business next week. If they don't, you're going to see that number on my, uh, you know, the urgency, the the scaredness factor go up quite a bit. Uh, but right now I'm still pretty comfortable. I think there's a good chance for this team to rattle off some wins here and uh, ultimately get to the most difficult part of the schedule here on the back end.
1: Well said, Mike, well said. So I'm at Damoc7 on Twitter.
0: Muskie underscore Mike.
1: We're, we're part of the Climb in the Pocket network. Now on Daily Norseman. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you're listening to it right now. I don't need to tell you where to listen to podcasts because you're already listening to us. That just seems redundant, Mike. Yeah. this. check out Daily Norseman. There's going to be some, you know, I've, I've been putting nice pictures and gifts in there, so check that out. Um, otherwise, it's going to do it for us. Until next week, Mike. Skull. Skull.